This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Thank you for being a friend. Remember the hit TV show, The Golden Girls, about four older women sharing a home and all that goes with it? That model has migrated from the small screen to real life for a group of women in Port Perry. We'll talk about how it works. And dating in your 50s and 60s may seem like a daunting idea, but there is help if you're thinking of getting out there again. I'll talk to Lisa Copeland, dating coach and author of The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. She turned 96 this week, and by way of celebration, the province gave her her own day. The first ever Hazel McCallion Day was on February 14th, marking the former Mississauga mayor's birthday. Of course, Hurricane Hazel was the mayor of Mississauga for 36 years, from 1978 to 2014. And she hasn't slowed much. Now she's the chancellor of Sheridan College. The Hazel McCallion Day Act passed with the support of all parties at Queen's Park in December. A Kelowna, B.C. woman has broken national records in the 85 to 89 age group in swimming. Connie Stamhouse obliterated the old 200-meter backstroke record set in 2014 by more than eight seconds. Stamhouse used to compete as a child but didn't restart her competitive career until she turned 65 20 years ago. Now she'll move on to compete in the international championships this summer in Budapest. Actor Harrison Ford is lucky to be alive after another close shave with one of his planes. The 74-year-old Star Wars star and plane enthusiast nearly landed on top of a Boeing 737 in Orange County this week. He's now the subject of an FAA investigation. Just two years ago, Ford suffered serious injuries as a result of a plane crash he was involved in. A new clinical trial for some pancreatic cancer patients in Ontario is set to start this spring, following a high-profile campaign from a mayor battling the disease. Trent Hill's mayor, Hector McMillan, was on this program months ago after OHIP denied funding for this procedure. It's called irreversible electroporation, also known as the nano-knife, and until now the University Health Network has only used it for liver tumors. That clinical trial will expand to include pancreatic cancer with up to $2.1 million in funding from the provincial government. 
This week saw the loss of a beloved storyteller. Stuart McLean died of melanoma at the age of 68. For years, he hosted the Vinyl Cafe on the CBC. He also authored 15 books, three of which won the Stephen Leacock Award for Humor. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. That's the theme from the hit TV show, The Golden Girls, which followed four mature women living under the same roof. Four real-life Port Perry women decided this lifestyle is the perfect solution for their Zoomer years, and they bought and renovated a heritage home together. Martha Casson joined me to explain how it works. There are four of us living together in a house in downtown Port Perry, and two of us knew each other a bit before that. And then um, it really kind of grew organically. She knew somebody else who was a retired nurse. And then not very long after that, a nurse friend of that woman um, became a widow, unfortunately. And she could not find accommodation in Port Perry. And she essentially asked if there was any room left in the inn. So we became four women who had a mission. We had a house that was available to us and we hired a contractor. Okay, so there are four of you. Uh, one is a widow. The others are single, divorced. Um, two are widows and two are divorced. Okay. And uh, so it just happened. Why did you even think of this? It was something that um, personally I'd been thinking of for years, get a group of women together and share costs and and that kind of thing. And then we took a look at the economics of it. Um, My friend and I saw our mothers in two different situations as they aged and realized that the retirement home was not for us for many reasons, some of them the cringe factor. But a lot of it was around the economics of it because shared expenses, share a quarter of a house as opposed to a whole house when we were living on our own, and shared expenses, dividing everything by four is an enormous economic benefit. You've designed this place so that you will be able to age in place. Absolutely. And what did those renovations cost? Well, the whole package in terms of our investment was about $280,000 each, and none of us could have bought a house for that on our own. What about the legalities? This is, you know, fairly new territory. (laughs) It is. And initially, with the previous council, there were some initial challenges around a zoning definition for this house. But in fact, it is a single detached dwelling. And the Supreme Court has said that you cannot dictate what a household is and whether people within a home are related or not. So it has one front door and one kitchen. And it falls easily under the definition of a single detached dwelling. But there were problems with arrangements like this. There was an attempt to define the house, as opposed to a single dwelling, as a communal house. And it was a very convoluted definition that was actually created in our community. And we protested that quite um, vigorously. And we had many people speak at deputations at council. Um, We hired a lawyer and a planner to make our case. And we, in fact, talked to the Ontario Human Rights Commission as well, just to 
share, get a different voice to our municipality to say that this really was a very legal form of housing. And in fact, putting in constraints on that form of housing was in fact um, taking the affordability of housing away from people like seniors, which of course is against the law. And how long is, have you been living like this? Well, we moved in in early November, so it hasn't been all of that long. But we've been through the Christmas season. People's families have come and stayed. We're all welcome at the same tables. We've had many tours in town, um, everybody from the Red Hat Society to our counselors. <laughs> so it's gone very well, and people are really enjoying seeing how something that they've watched in our local newspapers from the early days of the zoning challenge to actually come to fruition. And we are fairly well recognized in town now. I got a letter the other day that just said my name and the town. You're a local celebrity. There we are. (laughs) Like the Golden Girls. (laughs) And what do you want to tell people considering this? I think one of the pieces of advice that we have is if this is appealing to you, and it is only appealing to some, but to consider it sooner than later. This was a a DIY, right? We did it ourselves. So we were able to meet with the lawyers. We were able to design. Somebody wasn't doing it for us. And we are benefiting from the financial arrangement very early on. Thinking about it early, I think, is a very good piece of advice. Picking people who have like-minded values and senses of humor and whatnot, I think, is also very important. We all know somebody that we can't live with. But there are many people that we can live with. And the alternatives are the compelling part. Do you want to live with 100 people you don't know anyway when you move into the retirement home? Do you want to always have your dinner at 5.30 or 6.30 with the same people? There are people who very much enjoy that social environment, and those retirement homes and the two in our town do a marvelous job of social activities and engagement, and they're terrific. But if it's not for you, then we really think this is a terrific alternative. Thank you so much, and I would like to make sure we check back with you as this arrangement progresses. Thank you very much. We'd be very pleased to reconnect. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was Martha Casson on the joys of co-ownership for the Zoomer years. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. We'll take a quick break and then return with a dating coach who specializes in dating for the 50-plus crowd. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. This week marked Valentine's Day, and with all the romantic hoopla, many single people are now thinking about getting back out there. But dating can be especially daunting in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond. Lisa Copeland is a dating coach and the author of the book, The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50. Dating sites will tell you that the largest number of people coming on them are over 50, And what do I attribute that to? Midlife divorce. The number of people divorcing is immense. And back in the day, like our parents' age, they would stick through everything, the tough times, and even if they felt they'd fallen out of love, they stayed together. They did not have the financial resources that we do today to be able to work as women. So today, people think, I'm not doing this. For the second half of my life, I'm looking for happiness, I'm looking for fun, and I'm not looking for the same things I looked for when I was 20. And that is why I think the divorce rate 
has uh, skyrocketed in our age group over 50. That's right. It's called uh, Gray Divorce. Yep. So you've aimed your book at women. Why did you do it that way? Because women, in all honesty, are more open to (laughs) self-help. And secondly, as a woman who struggled terribly with the pitfalls of dating and not knowing what to do, my mission became one of showing women how it could be fun. And it really could. Like, I was miserable when I dated in my 40s. And I didn't know what I was doing. I got married to the wrong guy in my 50s. When I came out, I went looking for a coach who could help me. Couldn't find anyone this age that was over 50. And I had to figure it out on my own. I actually thought I was done for with relationships. And I began figuring out what worked in over 50s dating for women. And I started to have a blast. It was like so much fun. The subtitle of your book is Seven Steps to Attracting Quality Men. So let's hear it. The first step is about getting your confidence and and lighting this inner glow, this fire within you. It's remembering who you are and the passions that are in your life because men love that about women. When a woman has a really good life, she needs to make space for a man, but when she has a really good life and she glows, men love that. It is like a natural attraction factor. Step two is about understanding men. Since we grew up in the generation of women's lib, we were really taught to take on our most masculine sides of ourselves. And what ended up happening is we lost the cooperation of men, and we did not know how to trigger a man to come forward and meet our needs. So we began doing more and more and more, became super women, and very, very resentful. And when you understand a man... And when you come from a place of making him your hero, he will do just about anything for you. That sounds pretty regressive, making him your hero. Well, yes, I've had people ask me about that. You're not a doormat. I'm not saying don't be your best. You should be your best. Men love you at your best. What they don't love is when women tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it. They're not appreciated for what they do, and they're criticized for what they do. What's next? You have to get a clear vision of the man that you want to be with. Most of us think it's based on qualities. What it's really based on are values the two of you share and how you feel around him. And this is super important because A man can have 90% of the qualities you want and not treat you right, and that is because your values are not in alignment with each other. You have to really look at your type. Most women date the same man over and over again and fail because they don't realize that that man is not really the right man for them. The fourth step is getting online. You want to be on the right dating site, You want to have a good profile, but most importantly, you need amazing pictures. You need amazing pictures of who you are in present day, not who you were five years ago or ten years ago. Men are very visual, and they need to see what you look like. One of the biggest complaints that I hear, uh, and it's for both men and women, is that the pictures they post on online dating sites lie. True. That's why I said you want a present-day picture. 
Because someone's either going to accept you for who you are, or they aren't, and you don't want someone not accepting you for who you are. But you need to also put into your repertoire meeting people in real life. Yeah, it's men and women. You can meet them through meetups. A great place to be is a happy hour. One of the things you have to do is to be persistent and keep going. Yeah, a happy hour, but that's just in a bar, right? They're usually at bars, but men come to those. A lot of meetups men don't come to, but they definitely come to happy hours, and they come to a lot of dances, too. This is what it takes, re-getting those flirting skills back, talking skills back. We've become such a society of social media and talking using our thumbs to text that we've forgotten how to use our voices. It's important to talk to people everywhere. But let's say you are in a restaurant and you see a really cute guy come in. What you do is you turn, you smile, make eye contact for like five seconds. It feels like about eight years. Turn back to who you're with and then turn back to the guy and do it again. That's a signal, I'm interested in you. If you're interested in me, come over and talk to me. Two, five seconds, that's long. Yeah, it does feel long, but really if you count it out five seconds, it's not that long. And that worked for you? It has worked, yeah. All kinds of things work. The real secret to finding love is being persistent and consistent about being out there and doing whatever you can to make it happen, whether it's online dating, whether it's getting fixed up, or meeting men in real life. (laughs) Okay, Lisa Copeland, thanks so much. Thank you, Libby. That was author and dating coach Lisa Copeland. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. When we return, Smokey Robinson celebrates his 77th birthday. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. The Tate in London has mounted the biggest retrospective ever of the work of English artist David Hockney, an 80-year-old who takes a rather modest approach to his art. The exhibition runs through the end of May. Canada is very much in the spotlight at the Glasgow Film Festival. This year's version is focusing on the diversity of Canadian talent with True North New Canadian Cinema, which is part of Canada's 150th anniversary celebrations. The film festival runs through February 26th. The University of California at Berkeley has launched a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Summer of Love with Hippie Modernism, The Struggle for Utopia. It's a major exhibition that explores the intersection of the radical art, architecture, and design that grew out of the counterculture in the mid-1960s. And here's an option for the voracious reader, the literary Man Hotel in the medieval town of Obidos, Portugal, boasts some 50,000 books, some for sale, but most are reserved for reading in the hotel's massive lounge right next door to the gin bar as well. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book. 
This weekend, William Smokey Robinson is celebrating his 77th birthday. Born and raised in Detroit, Smokey Robinson was a backbone of the Motown sound. His band, The Miracles, was one of the first acts signed to the famous record label, and Robinson served as a songwriter for many other Motown acts. During the 60s and early 70s, Robinson penned hits like Two Lovers, The One Who Really Loves You, My Girl, Don't Mess With Bill, You Beat Me to the Punch, Get Ready, The Way You Do the Things You Do, and many other singles from the label's now legendary catalog. Right now, we'll hear Smokey sing one of the biggest hits he had with the miracles. Here is Shop Around. When I became of age, my mother called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up now. Pretty soon you'll take a bride. That was Smokey Robinson and the Miracles with Shop Around. Smokey is celebrating his 77th birthday this weekend. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Please come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.